Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Daydon Tolbert Show. I am your host, Daydon Tolbert. This is actually, um, you know, every year I do a, you know, Father's Day comes around, and um, I just want to give a shout-out to the great fathers. This isn't going to be like a full Father's Day special like I normally do, and I do Mother's Day, Father's Day, uh, you know, a lot of special uh, specialty shows. But uh, tonight I just want to you know, just give a shout-out to the, to, the, to the men, to the, the fathers, the stepfathers, the uncles, the grandfathers, and, and just the men in, in these children's lives that are making a difference, the men that, um, that care. Uh, what we often see too much of out here is, you know, kids wandering the streets, you know, uh, young men not knowing how to be men, not being taught how to be men. Uh, you see a lot of young women not feeling protected, not feeling the love. And so, you know, when I see good fathers, when I see positive role models, I just like to take a minute and um, salute them because we need we need you guys. We need more of you guys out here. So happy Father's Day. I haven't been live for a few weeks, so this is the first time I've really got a chance to say that, uh, you know, on air. Um, what else is going on out here? In fact, you know, real quick, I had a really good Father's Day. Shout out to my wife, um, you know, uh, my mother-in-law, my mom, my dad. You know, I always do a uh, – and I just like to be with family on, on Father's Day. Shout out to my kids. And uh, we just kind of hung out, had a little, you know, cookout, get together, played some games, talked, argued, debate, you know, just the normal stuff that, that we do. Uh, but honestly, the highlight of my uh, Father's Day weekend was getting an opportunity to go out with uh, the, with my daughter on um, an annual event here in the Philadelphia area. It's called the uh, Daddy-Daughter Dance, and it's sponsored by uh, Daddy University. Now, some of you from way, 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 way back in the day uh, listening to me, you may remember I actually interviewed the founder of, of Daddy University, um, I want to say about eight, eight or nine years ago, and I believe that's when he was about to start the very first one. So I think this was the eighth uh, Daddy-Daughter Dance, and, and it's just really that, – that was actually my first one uh, in this year. And I'm, I'm talking about it because – it was it was really like I said I never did anything like that. Um, my daughter was you know she'll be six, so I, it was great because there were just so many fathers there. There were so many young girls there, you know, uh, older girls there, just you know grown women there with their fathers, and it was just so great. You saw you know limos pulling up. Everyone was it was a formal event, so I had on a suit and. My daughter had on a nice dress, and, and she just saw the look. You should see the look in her eyes, even from the pictures. Some of you may have uh, seen. They really, the kids, they felt like princesses. And they even had Elsa there, you know, with the costume on. And so it was just a great event, you know, dinner, dancing down at the uh, at the Hilton uh, Hotel here in Philly. So um, I say all that to say if you guys are in the area, if you are a father, you know, definitely um, come on out because it's something that's necessary and it's needed and it's special. So just wanted to uh, say shout-out to everybody who came and, um, you know, and all, like I said, all the fathers. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about what's going on in the world. I want to talk a little politics, talk a little bit of uh, race relations, and um, a little bit later talk a little bit of uh, entertainment news. A lot of things going on out here. Got the, uh, the premiere of Power, which a lot of the, uh, our community is excited about. You got the BET Awards. You have um, uh, the new Tupac biopic, which came out last week, which I just saw yesterday, actually. 
actually Saturday. And um, I want to just kind of talk a little bit about uh, those things and specifically give a little bit of a review of the Tupac movie, you know, All Eyes on Me. I thought it was um, really good, but I'll talk about that in a little bit. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, that's what I want to do today. This will probably be a little bit of a, a shorter show, but I looked at the, the calendar and I realized I hadn't been live for a little while. And so I was like, wow, you know what? Got a little bit of time today. You know, I haven't, people say, well, you know, why don't you just go live, do the, you know, Instagram, uh, you know, Instagram live, Facebook live. Man, you know, I, I may get into it. I don't know. That's not really my thing, man. You know, I mean, I'll, I'll see, but I'm more of like a radio guy, podcast. You know what I mean? But we'll see. You know, I, I may, uh, you know, run, kicking some things over. So, you know, look out for some things possibly in the future. Um, <clears throat> one thing that's going on around the world that I wanted to touch on was um, if you guys have been following the Bill Cosby uh, rape case, the rape trial, um, it was recently, you know, he was found, uh, or the judge declared the, the, the trial a mistrial. And the, the jurors were hopelessly deadlocked. And, you know, I, I did a show, I want to say about a year ago, when the, when the case first broke, or I should say when the accusations first started, I did a whole show, I think a two- or three-hour show, just kind of discussing my views on the case. Um, my views have changed a little bit, just learning more facts about the case and um, just, you know, just, just thinking about it more, praying about it. And this is what I'll say about Bill. Um, a lot of this I've said before, but what I'll say now regarding the case is, you know, do I think that Bill Cosby um, is a rapist? No, I don't. You know what I mean? Do I think he, you know, because for me, when you rape somebody, you are, you know, violating them in some way. You are being dishonest with them for sexual purposes. Do I think that's what he did? No, I do not think that Bill Cosby, based on the, you know, the definition of rape, raped anyone. I think that, um, well, first of all, he's only acute, he's only on trial or was on trial for one rape case. And I think a lot of people don't understand how that works. They think that because we've heard all of these different accusations that he's, that, you know, guilty or, or even being accused of raping all of these different women. Their accusations actually mean nothing. Because, you know, with, without any type of, um, you know, legal backing. You know, many people can get on CNN or get on some tabloids, oh, yeah, Bill Cosby, this, but that doesn't mean anything. So I don't give those things any credibility. You know, if, if, if he raped someone, if he raped all those women, then he'd have all of those charges, you know what I mean, um, or, or would have had those charges um, at some point. I know the statute of limitations has ran out on some of them, but like I said, if you if you were serious, if you were raped and you were passionate about getting justice for being raped, then you would have taken the appropriate action to you know to file those charges one way or the or another. I do not absolutely do not think that all of these people, all of these women coming forward at the same time is a coincidence. I think it's a very orca- carefully orchestrated, carefully plotted out plan to destroy the legacy of really what has been historically one of the most positive African-American father figures this country has ever seen. You know, even if you look at everything that's going on with uh, LeVar Ball, his son drafted, you know, into the to the uh, Los Angeles Lakers, Lonzo Ball. I mean, there is a specific agenda of, of 
taking away any type of positive male influence on these boys and of these and of, to these little girls. You know, and if you see someone out there like LeVar Ball who is, you know, taking active interest in his children's life, being outspoken about how much he loves his kids and will do anything for his kids, then they're going to, the media is going to just try to take that and, and tear it down. If you, you know, see someone like Bill Cosby who has literally donated, you know, tens of dollars, you know what I'm saying, countless hours of his time, you know, specifically back to into the black community, you know, they're, you know, obviously that is going to uh, piss some people off. And it's going to, they're not going to like that. They don't want to see positive images. That's why I spend so much time talking about Father's Day and Black Fathers. So um, do I think Bill Cosby is uh, innocent of any wrongdoing? No, I don't. You know, but when I say wrongdoing, I'm not speaking legal wrongdoing. I'm speaking of he cheated on his wife. I'm thinking of he was an adulterer, you know, a fornicator. You know what I mean? He was maybe even you know, bringing women over to his place uh, under false pretenses, which is not a crime. You know, it may not be the the best thing to do. It may not be cool. You know what I'm saying? But did he rape anyone? Did he commit any illegal offenses? You know, if we're talking about the quaaludes, we're talking about the drugs. I mean, I think what people need to understand here is, you know, there are some freaks out here. You know, I talk all the time. There's some freaks out here. There's a lot of women freaks. And there's a lot of male freaks. You know, there's women hoes, they're male hoes. You know what I'm saying? And so people, when people get together, a lot of times you do freaky things, whether that's, you know, freaky sexual things. I was having a debate with my mom. Do I think Mike Tyson raped Desiree Washington? You know, no, I do not. You know, you come over to a man's house at 2 o'clock in the morning, flirting with him and doing different things. You know, at the end of the day, you know what it is. You are going over there with the intent to have sex. Uh, I'm not going to play games with it. I'm not going to be all politically correct. Oh, you know, when a woman says no, it means no. And, and that's true. You know, that's absolutely true. When a woman, woman says no, you know, no means no. But do I think that, oh, no, I'll talk about that for a second. I wasn't going to spend as much time on it, but because this is important. Women do say no. And if a woman says no, then a man should stop absolutely. And if he does not stop, then that's absolutely right. Right? But, what we have to realize is, in fact, I did a show uh, many years ago on uh, entitled Games Being Played in, uh, in the Bedroom, in and Out of the Bedroom, Sex Games. You know, if you Google Sex Games, you'll see. And there's a lot of games being played. A lot of women saying, no, 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 stop, 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 stop. You know, and, yes, they are, they're saying no, they're saying stop. But then 10 minutes later, you know, a couple yes, 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 no, 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 later, those panties are dropping, you know, and the sex is going down. So I think what we have to do, so it's like, is that rape or was that no initially? And then she changed her mind and said, okay, yes. And so if you put yourself into the position of a man, at what point, and a man who has done these things, at what point do we say, okay, this is just the first no, or this is just the, you know what I'm saying, the no before the yes, which and every man knows who's had a good amount of sex in his life, he knows that's the process. And, And I don't know how women feel about this, but it's important for you to understand that there is no easy sex out here on the first date. Yes, most sex goes down on the first date and certainly within the first two weeks in most of these casual dating situations. But what women need to understand is, and men know this, this is common knowledge for any man, 
it's it's usually you're usually dealing with women who you're not in a relationship with, who do have some type of wall up, who are who do have an agenda of not being portrayed or or being made to seem like she's easy or a hoe or promiscuous or whatever. So yes, she will make you quote unquote work for it. <clears throat> but what a lot of women don't understand is that you making us work for it, okay? It, it, it's the way you're doing that in most cases is by playing what we classify as game. You're saying no, no, no. You, you know what I mean? You're, you're acting like you want it and then making it stop. And that's not cool. And, again, that's not to say that that's not a justification in any way for rape. It's just letting you know that a lot of times your actions can be very confusing. A lot of times what happens is women will go into a situation thinking, okay, I'm going to sleep with this guy. They got the bra matching with the panties. They got the smell goods on all that stuff. They know what's going there, you know, but then a lot of times they're still going into it with this, okay, yeah, I'm going to give it to them, but I'm making them wait for it, or excuse me, wait and work for it. And then so what often happens is it goes down, but then if he's not treating you how you expected him to treat you or he didn't make, he didn't work for it the way you wanted him to or expected him to, a lot of times what's happening is you're dealing with remorse, you know, after-sex remorse, which often translates into he raped me or he assaulted me or he didn't call me a day after the sex or I haven't heard from him in two weeks after the sex or it wasn't sex, it was rape. And that not saying that's what happens all the time, but trust and believe, I know many of those situations that have happened. I told you guys a show, a story on a show many years ago where the guy was, um, and this was when Gerald Howard was on the show uh, co-hosting with me. You know, a guy was, he wrote into the show, and he said, look, you know, we were getting hot and heavy. We're kissing, fondling, doing different things. She's in her bra and panties. I took the panties down, and she was cool with it. He goes to put the condom on, open, you know, goes to his wallet, gets the condom, puts it on. They're still fondling each other, kissing, making up. Then, you know, he puts it, you know, he actually, you know, inserts himself into it. And then after, as he's inserting himself into her, she's like, stop. And he's like, what? Like, what are you, like, what are you talking about? Stop. And, she, and, you know, he starts to kind of thrust a little bit. And then she's like, whoa, stop, stop, stop. I said stop. You know, get out of here. And she, like, kicks him out. He's like, whoa, what are you, what are you doing? She, I think it's best if you leave. You know, and he's just like, yo, you, you know, playing games. And so, you know, fortunately for him, that situation didn't turn into, like, a, a rape charge. And I, I was talking to my mom and them about this the other day. It's like, so was that rape? You know what I mean? And that's the, that's the question. Not to say that he was right, not to say he was wrong, but for many men, that becomes a question of for the jury to decide. So, all I'm, you know, again, so, you know, as far as Bill Cosby goes, whether it's, you know, giving these women drugs, you know, you know, quaaludes, Spanish fly, whatever it is, or, or not back then, or now when it's ecstasy, you know, well, back in the, you know, getting drunk. We used to have women over, get them drunk and have sex with them. That's just what it was, you know. So whether it was quaaludes, alcohol, ecstasy, you know, cocaine, who knows, you know, I mean, who, whatever you're into, you know, is that rape? That's why I'm saying I don't think, I don't view Bill Cosby as a rapist. Did he do some things with the sole purpose of getting sex? Yeah, absolutely. You know, what man didn't back in the day? 
You know, most of these guys out here walk around all holier than now like they never did anything. Come on. They, they're not telling you what they did in college. You know what I'm saying? They're not telling you what, what many of them did in high school, you know, when they're out here after college, you know what I mean, in their early 20s. And so, yeah, they're giving their lives to God at 30, 40 years old, but a lot of these guys don't keep it real with you, ladies. And so it's important to understand. And I just keep it real. Y'all know me. I don't bite my tongue. I say whatever's on my mind. I keep it real. You know, I'm going to be honest with you. It's not, you know, this sex is a very, very dangerous game. It's one of the reasons why the Bible, you know, says we're not even supposed to be having it because it's not designed for this. There's so many variables. You know, there's so many different ways that a man can see things and so many different ways a woman can see things. And it's, you're, you're a man and a woman are never going to be 100% on the same page sexually in a fornicating situation. It's just not going to happen. Sex is designed for marriage, period. And so, you know, that's why Bill finds himself where he's at. That's why Mike Tyson found himself where he was at. That's why a lot of these guys out here, that's why a lot of you guys out here, single moms, different things going on, baby mama drama, different situations, it's all it's not designed for that. And it will only bring about problems. So, but I am glad, I'm, I'm happy to say that, uh, well, I'm happy to hear that it was a mistrial versus, a, a guilty verdict, certainly, um, but in my opinion, it shouldn't even have been a, mistri- a mistrial because it, it obviously, and I want to talk a little bit more about reasonable doubt when I get into this Philando Castile situation, but what people need to understand is legally, you know, a legal situation is totally different from an emotional situation. <clears throat> if something happens legally, you know what I mean, you have to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that the person is guilty. And if the and and that burden, guys, is on the prosecution, not on the defendant. Bill Cosby doesn't prove, have to prove a darn thing. You know, um, the 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 prosecution has to prove to the jury that there is no doubt whatsoever that Bill Cosby raped these women. Now, how can you prove something beyond a shadow of a doubt thirty years after it happened? You know, especially when you have a woman who he was already in a sexual relationship with. That's what I don't even understand. It makes no sense. And I think a lot of people aren't even thinking with their minds. Think, I mean, picture it. And I'm just gonna, I, I've researched these cases. That's why I'm able to speak about them, you know, from an intelligent standpoint. But really think about it. Imagine me having a wife. I have a marriage. And just let's use me, for example. And I say, wow, you're kind of sexy. Now, I want you to come over to my crib, and we're going to have sex. Okay, so we have sex, you know what I mean? And we've been having sex, Right. And then, you know, on an ongoing basis for months, right, and I say, you know what, hey, let's uh, introduce something else. Hey, take this ecstasy. Let's, let's have some really freaky sex. Take this ecstasy. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, so you take some, I take some, and we have sex. You know what I mean? And then, we, and then after that, we continue to have sex, not all the time with drugs, but other times with drugs. But we're having sex on an ongoing basis over a period of several months. Right? And now whatever happens, you know how these flings go. You kind of they fizzle out, you lose touch, whatever. And now all of a sudden, <laughs> you hit me up 30 years later talking about, yo, back in the day you raped me? Like, does that make any sense? You you gave me these drugs. You know, remember that time we had sex? The, out of the countless hundreds of times we had sex, the dozens of times, whatever it was, and, you, and we took that ecstasy, well, I don't. I don't remember taking that. I don't remember me agreeing to take the ecstasy. So, you know, this is rape. So now I'm going to put you on trial. Okay, come on. I mean, that 
that's how just as ridiculous as that sounds is exactly how ridiculous the entire Bill Cosby situation is. No, he did not rape anyone. Okay, how many of y'all got drunk and had drunk sex? I have, you know, watch this. We had a woman call into the show about five years ago. Who remembers this? A woman called into the show and said, they don't, I, you know, I'm a little embarrassed to say this, but, um, you know, I'm pregnant. I said, okay, well, who are you pregnant by? Well, I, uh, you know, that's the problem. I don't know. You know, what do you, what do you mean? Is it like your boyfriend? Is it someone you're dealing with? Well, you know, I had a one-night stand, and, you know, I was drunk. And the problem with it is I was so drunk, I, I wouldn't recognize this guy if he, you know, if I ran into him. And so I really have no idea who he is. So I'm trying to figure out what I should do. That's so why I gave her some good advice, but you see what I'm saying? Like, that's the point. Like, how do you, was that rape? If you don't even remember what happened, and you, don't even, you can't even recognize the guy, but you're sure that he raped you, Listen to some of Andrea Constant's uh, testimony. You know, I mean, go ask Howard Stern. I'm sorry, Andrea Constant. Like, what? Like, what does she actually remember about being drugged? And the answer is going to be not not too much. And so, and so, based on all of that, I would have thought the uh, the jury would have came back with a uh, with a verdict of not guilty. But you know. It, it kind of is what it is. So they're saying, I don't know if you guys know about mistrials, but uh, the, the prosecution has a, um, you know, a option of of either retrying it or just kind of letting it go. The prosecutor has said that she is going to retry him with a new jury. So we'll see what, what happens. But, I mean, it's just it's just really ridiculous. So kind of is what it is. Talk a little, uh, let's talk a little politics real quick. Um, and I don't have a lot to talk about regarding politics. Donald Trump has kind of been out of the news a, a, a little bit somewhere, but, you know, they, the media, they got to kind of keep things going. Trump is a, is, a, is a cash cow for them. You know, he's, you know, ad dollars, ratings. You know, you talk about Trump, you know, them dollars are coming in. <clears throat> um, you know, I, the whole, you know, uh, James Comey, I talked about that last time I was live, I mean, that whole testifying thing, it's all BS. Let me just say this about that real quick. I don't. I want you guys to just. I don't even want to talk about it. You guys to just understand. All this Russia talk is one hundred percent complete BS. It's all ridiculous. It's all false. It's all fake. I told you guys five years ago at, at the Boston bombing exactly what they were going to do regarding Russia, and it is all happening now. Like, word for word, what I said was going to happen is going to happen. All they want to do is create a paper trail for uh, things happening with Russia that are going to ultimately lead us to war, okay, with Russia. Russia is one of the main allies of both Iran, North Korea, and they have existing ties. And in order to get at those countries, the let, really two of the last holdouts to the whole Western civilization's BS, you know, the United States and, the, and their allies want to ultimately take over the entire world. But certain countries are not going along with that foolishness, so that's why they end up getting invaded. Iraq was one of them. That's why, you know, they want their resources. And Russia plays a very key and integral part 
in in that you know process of of worldwide domination. So what we're doing is creating a this paper trail, this history. You know they're they're heating things up. You can't go to war with someone without having valid reason, and eventually it's going to come out. Watch, just trust me. Mark this date on your calendar. It's going to be quote unquote revealed, and there's going to be some quote unquote proof that Russia did in fact hack into our government, you know, to influence our election, and that's going to be um, among other things what they use to ultimately go to war with Russia. And it's all fake, just as fake as the Iraq war was, just like there were no weapons of mass destruction over there, just like there's no, you know, uh, Russia hacking. It's all BS, but it's all done to go to war. War is big business. Obama knows that. Bush knew that. You know, everybody knows that. There is no successful presidency without war. You know, what's one of the first things Donald Trump did when he got in office? Drops the one, the mother of all bombs, you know, on Syria. That war is big business. Don't let anyone tell you differently. Don't 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 let people tell you, oh no, we don't want to go to war. War is bad. We want peace. No, the United States government benefits ridiculously off of war. Okay, be clear about that. So, you know, all this stuff about, oh, you know, we want to. You know, just stop the drama and this and that. So don't believe that. So as far as Donald Trump goes, that's what they're doing. Somebody has to be the scapegoat. Somebody has to be responsible for this hacking. Let me just say this about the hacking. Let me just say this briefly about the hacking. There is no hacking. It's just the thing. The way they're trying to make this whole thing seem like, let's just say hypothetically it was Russia. Okay, let's just say hypothetically Russia did hack into Hillary Clinton's email. Let's just say it was really – let's just say hypothetically that it happened. But they released – the things that was released, the emails, the, the, the exposing of the corruption of the Democratic National Committee, these are things that I would think the American people would want to know. Like the way people talk about it, the way the media spins it, is like Russia did something bad. Well, I when I read those emails, which most people haven't read, I was happy. I'm like, whoa, whoever did it, whether it was Russia, whether it was the United States government leaks, like different people, I'm happy I read. I would have rather known that Donna Brazil and and Debbie Wasserman Schultz or Schultz or whatever the heck her name is, you know what I'm saying, the old head of the DNC, all Hillary Clinton. I'm happy I have that knowledge. I would have, I'm glad that information came out during the election so people could know just how corrupt some of these candidates and the people that support these candidates are. People should be happy. See, the, 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 here's the most important thing that the media won't tell you. They're acting like it was fake or they're acting like it was false or they're acting like it was like lies. No, no, no. The, the validity of these WikiLeaks, right, the, it has never been challenged. It has never been disputed by the DNC. So it's the, the, the validity of it isn't the issue. It's just the fact that they told you. So I, I, I know that doesn't may not change things for you or whatever, because if they hacked us, then yes, that's, that's wrong. But we should be thanking whoever leaked this information, right? We should be thanking. Because it's like, it's like knowing your husband is cheating on you and no one tells you. 
If, if somebody tells you that your boyfriend is cheating, if somebody tells you that your husband is cheating, aren't you going to be happy that they told you? You're not going to be mad at that person for telling you. You're going to be mad at your husband for, for being a cheater. Whoever drops that, whoever birdie drops that information, oh, so thank you, little birdie. Thank you, Russia. You know, yeah, but like I said, I don't even think it had anything to do with Russia. It's all BS. It's all BS. Just right. Who remembers when that movie came out with uh, what's the dude that the the, the movie about North Korea and, and you know they said North Korea hacked into the the uh the studio the movie studios and released it early. It's like you know we're gonna go to war because they hacked into our. Come on, stop it. Nobody hacked into anything. Y'all did what y'all wanted to do when y'all wanted to do it. All right. So that's what's going on with Trump. Now, everyone's talking about, oh, you know, now he, he, he canceled it. This is Ramadan. You know, Ramadan is one of the more holy uh, holidays for people of the Islamic faith. Um, I guess there's been a longstanding tradition of the president hosting a, a, a Ramadan celebration dinner. Uh, Donald Trump has said he's not going to do that. And people are, you know, he's been getting some criticism. From and I'll be, I'll be honest, I don't even know if he's getting criticism, you know, to be quite honest with you. No one's really criticizing Donald Trump. Yeah, I mean, y'all know that, right? 90, see, what, let me just stop. Let me just go back. Well, the, the way the media, let the media tell it, okay? The media has an agenda to make money off of Trump. Let's be clear about that. So, first of all, half of the country voted for Hillary Clinton. Another half, or less than half of the country voted for Clinton. Another, you know, percentage voted for Trump. And in the majority, half the country didn't even vote. So the, of the people who actually voted, right, you have about half that actually support Trump, right, and the other half don't support Trump. So let the media tell it. And first of all, if you look at, let me just say this, if you look at what the things that Donald Trump is doing, He's not straying at really at all from his campaign promises, right? If you look at what he talked to you about he was going to do on the, on the campaign trail, he said he was going to, uh, you know, repeal Obamacare. He was going to make some serious immigration uh, reforms, whether that was building a wall, whether it was, you know, putting border control he was going to really increase support for our veterans. Um, he was going to uh, really crack down on the stipulations that are in place, as, you know, as far as people coming in from countries where there's a high terrorist uh, level of activity. I mean, you know, those were like, and there are more things, but those are like the main uh, things that he said he was going to do. I mean, and he's done them. Like and so, so my point being is that let the media tell it. Everybody hates Trump, right? And and that's just not the case. You see, the mainstream media, the, the liberal mainstream media, is very, very, very disingenuous. They don't, you don't ever see anyone talking about how happy they are with his performance so far, with his the job he's doing, with the the laws and policies that he's put in place. You know, you don't ever see those interviews. You only see people who, in headlines that are misleading and making it seem like everyone is against 
the president. And that's just not true. It's disingenuous. You know, and so what I'm saying as far as this Ramadan thing, I don't I'll be surprised if anybody is really criticizing him because if you think about it, the Muslims that probably would have a problem with him already don't really support him. You know what I'm saying? Like so obviously they don't like him to begin with. So it's not like they're making this whole big thing because he's not hosting a a, a a dinner celebrating Ramadan. So really, who else is, is there? It's really just the people and the same old people and the same old agenda. Do I care that he's not having it? Would I, have a, would I host a dinner? Picture me. Would I host a dinner for, for Islam, for Muslims? No. You know what I'm saying? I don't. I would hope you wouldn't either if you're not Muslim. Now, yes, he's the president and this, this and that, but at the end of the day, we all have a God to answer to. You know what I'm saying? We all have to do what we feel is best for us based on our spiritual beliefs. And so people are, well, he's the president. He's not just the president of Christians. He's not. Listen, I don't care what he is. At the end of the day, you do what you have to do. Who cares about other people? You know what I mean? If God would not be pleased with it, who are you, who are you trying to please? So do I have a problem with him canceling this dinner for, for rock, honoring Ramadan? No. You know what I mean? I don't. I want to talk a little race relations, but one of the things I want to draw your attention to, and I watch a lot of TV. You know, I've got certain shows, like I have like a top five list of shows, top ten list of shows, and I mentioned the last time I was live that y'all, you know, y'all, y'all dropped the ball in telling me about House of Cards. You know what I mean? And I got to say, Cards is one of the best shows on television. All right, House of Cards is, and it's it's one of the best shows on television because I'm passionate about politics and I talk so much about politics. I mentioned this last time, but I, I'm now caught up. I think the last time I talked to you, I was like just starting it up. Well, now I'm like, I'm caught up on, I just finished season five. So, and, and the things that you see on this show really do very accurately, more accurately than any show I've ever seen depict just how corrupt the media is, just how corrupt the government is, and how the media and the government work together to push an evil agenda. You know, how so many shows, how many, how, how certain decisions are made. You know what I mean? Stuff that I've known for years, stuff that I've been telling you guys for years, it's really great to just have a show that shows you everything that I've been talking about 10 years, over 10 years. And it's really amazing. But one of the things that I really wanted to mention to you you guys have heard me talk about this. You guys hopefully by now know about how these decisions are really made. Hopefully you guys know about places like Bohemian Grove. Hopefully you know about certain things like the Bilderberg Group. Hopefully you understand how the real decisions in the, in the voting, not the, how really I want to say how irrelevant uh, and secondary the actual voting process is in relation to how presidents are actually selected. You get all these business people, these politicians, these influential people, they get together once a year, three, four times a year, go out to Bohemian Grove. They worship demonic images, satanic images. They have fun. They talk about policy. They talk about different decisions. This is real stuff. 
this is like the pictures of these politicians actually there. And then you watch. And so, and this is common knowledge for anyone who, they don't talk about this in the media, but this is common knowledge. This isn't, oh, a conspiracy. This is like everyone knows, anyone who's anyone knows about Bohemian Group. And the interesting thing about it is because House of Cards is a show, the realest show about politics, they put the Bohemian Grove ceremony in there. They show you it. They actually show you how the how you have past presidents, future presidents, how they have businessmen, billionaires, how they have senators, congressmen. They get together, and they actually show you it right in, in episode eight of season five. And I posted the link. It's really amazing. They call it uh, Elysium Fields. You know, they changed the name, but it's, it's Bohemian Grove. And so it just, it's... Like I said, man, you, I can't – at some point you just kind of got to see this stuff and understand that everything that you're seeing out here, you know, in the news, and it's all BS. House of Cards is more realistic than some of the stuff that we're seeing out here on, on the news, man. It's really crazy. So I just wanted to point that out. But, yeah, check it. If you don't – you know, you're looking for a good drama. Like if you like Scandal – if you're someone who likes Scandal, you know, or, or shows like um, like that, I mean, you know, House of Cards is, I mean, it, you know, a, a hundred times better than Scandal, a million times better than Scandal or, or you know, any show like that. So um, what else? Let's talk a little, like I said, race relations. Um, everyone is, has been talking about uh, Philando Cashfield. And before I even start, I'll I want to direct you to um, my special. I did a special right when it happened. If you guys remember Alton Sterling, if you remember the Philando Castillo situation when it, when it actually happened, I did a, a, a two night special, two night, two hour, three hour special each. So you got about five or six hours of, of discussion on the facts of the case the particulars, um, and now you have the, you know, the actual verdict, you know, came down. But I want, I've been, you know, on Facebook, I've been talking to a lot of people. I've been responding to different posts, and I've had some of my own posts, and, and I've said different things. Um, but I wanted to come and really articulate, you know, some of those things that I've been saying. One of the things I said on social media was, uh, you know, first of all, he was found not guilty. wasn't a judge. I think we're, and this is no disrespect to anybody, but it, it's very concerning. It's very concerning how passionate some people are about these topics and how uninformed they are about these topics. And when I say about these topics, I mean like anything outside of the narrative the media wants to project forth. It's very unfortunate and very disturbing how ignorant some people, I don't mean that in like a derogatory way, but just unknowing, like unaware and unknowledgeable some people are about these cases. It's like my thing is like if you if you hear something and somebody asks, or somebody asks you something, it's like, oh, what do you think about that? Just, oh, no, I, my fault. I haven't really been following. So, you know, it's, it's an unfortunate situation, but. I, I didn't really watch the trial. I'm not really familiar with the facts of the case. I, I can respect that. And that's how a lot of people are. They just don't know. They didn't follow. That's cool. 
I'm doing the Empire Bill Cosby case. Cool, you know, that's fine. But don't sit up there talking about it every day and you know you haven't followed it. You know you don't understand certain legal terms or certain like it's cool it's okay to not know. Everyone doesn't have to be passionate about the same thing. But my thing is don't be don't be passionate and and not take the time to actually do some research. Okay. Philando Castillo, what it was a jury trial, trial by jury, um, and a jury of his peers, two African American, uh, two African Americans on the jury. The rest were white. Uh, they found him to be not guilty. And you know, the first of all, let me say this: that was the correct verdict in the case. All right, that was the correct verdict. That was not a miscarriage of justice. That was not the wrong verdict. That was the correct verdict for this particular trial. Now, let me say this. Did that officer need to shoot him seven times? Absolutely not. Do I feel like he should in some way be held responsible for using in what I consider to be excessive force? Absolutely. And there are, see, what people need to understand, there are different ways to hold a police officer responsible for something or or some type of punishment. But when you're talking about murder, that's a whole different, you know, bag right there. Murder, you know, finding someone guilty of murder and you know, saying, hey, look, you did not perform well on your job. You know, you did say something that was not okay given the the constraints of your job description. You used uh, unnecessary or aggressive force. You see what I'm saying? Like, that's kind of like firing you from your job for being late. You've been on time your whole life. You know what I mean? You're late, and so someone fires you. You might say, you know what, that punishment doesn't necessarily fit this particular offense. So I, I want to. What is what I want to do, and I think it's. I think it's important to understand what what you know a murder trial involves. And I did a lot of that on the initial special, but now I think I just want to say briefly, kind of like give my perspective of the verdict. I kind of did the same thing with Trayvon. If you remember, you know, I, I did a few shows. I talked about the shooting itself, right? I did the same thing with Mike Brown. I talked about the shooting itself did a whole show on the shootings. But then when the verdict came in, if you remember, Trayvon, the verdict. And I talked about it from from that perspective. I did the same thing with Tamir Rice. Did the same thing with Sandra Bland. Did the same thing with all of a sudden. You know what I'm saying? I do the same thing with all of these cases. There's none of these cases, you know what I mean, that have happened, these tragedies that I haven't discussed. So, when you, you know, I'm just saying this. So when people ask me, like, oh, what do you think about this? All the shows are archived. Just Google their name and my name together, and you'll hear my thoughts on any of these these tragedies over the last several years. Now, one of the things I said on social media was, I said, you know, food for thought. When a police officer says stop resisting, it's best to be completely still. I put that up on Facebook. Got some likes. Some people said that different things like. Um, you know, even then, you know, you can still be shot. You know, and here's the thing. 
That's true. Anything can happen at any time with anybody. But here's the here's the thing. I think that's good advice. <laughs> you know what I mean? See, here's the problem. What what I see often and too often is videos of people resisting, resisting arrest, resisting being detained. They, they, they're just constantly squirming and fighting and fighting. And, you know, just stop. You're never going to win a fight with a police officer. Never. It's not going to happen. That's the first thing. Now, the second thing is, I said online, that once it gets to the point of 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 a physical altercation, it's it's already too late. That means that something has already happened that should not have happened. I've not, now pers- I'm not gonna say that, you know it's never happened, but I've never seen a video of, of you know someone being restrained and, and you know and, and and something really bad happening where that person was being 100% compliant, respectful, and obedient. I've never seen that. You know what I'm saying? Usually it's after some type of argument. It's some type of uh, not listening, whether it's rolling up a window, whether it's, hey, get on the ground, whether it's get out of your car. Whether No matter what it is, it's something that the person is not doing, you know what I'm saying, that leads. Now, is that to say that that justifies the excessive force that often ensues after that? No, it's not. And the police should not do certain things, absolutely. But what I'm saying is we have to be smart. We have to, one, don't always be respectful. Always don't lose your cool because you losing your cool isn't going to be the same as the cop losing their cool. And so they are going – I've had many forums over the years with police officers. They basically are going to feed off of you. They feed off of your energy. If you're aggressive with them, they're going to be aggressive with you. If you're belligerent, if you're respectful – Almost 100% of the time, it, they're going to be respectful to you. And, and I'm saying normally, usually. Of course, they're going to be different situations that happen, unfortunate situations. But usually, if you're respectful and, and compliant, things will go much better. Now, so I would say once it gets to that point of a physical altercation, you might as well just be still. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to talk about Philando in a minute, but I'm just saying generally speaking, you want to be respectful, obedient, compliant, respectful. All that, just relax. All right. Now, another thing that I said on social media, and this was kind of regarding the Philando Castillo situation, I said that if I'm carrying a gun, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm me personally, I'm legally carried or legally, I'm life, legally licensed to carry in the state of Pennsylvania. So, because I carry a gun. You know, I'm saying, I said, if, if at that moment, you know, I know I have a gun in the car, I have a gun on my person. Now, Philando had the gun on his hip. Me, I usually, it depends on the situation. I don't like to drive with a gun on. That's uncomfortable. I don't like, you know, I, so if I have a holster, I'll probably put it into the uh, the center console. I may put it into the glove box. I may put it into my briefcase. But, you know, so nine, almost 100% of the time, if I'm pulled over, they, that gun is not going to be on Philando Cat, which I don't even recommend. It's just stupid to drive with a gun on your hip, in my opinion. Uh, but he was actually carrying the gun on his hip, on his right hip. Okay, and this is all. These are all facts that were made available to the jury that came out of the trial. People didn't watch, and didn't familiarize themselves with. So, it, I said, if I'm pulled over by a police officer, I'm not reaching for anything. 
I said, under any circumstances, and I said, I advise you not to either. So when I say I'm not reaching for anything, I mean, if I get pulled over, my hands are on the steering wheel. My hands are going to be on the wheel. So if he says, hey, give me your, everyone, that's what everyone's talking about. Well, the cop asked him for his license and registration. He was following the cop's directions. What people need to understand is, really, no, he wasn't. If you can even, they released the video. You can actually see. He said, do you have your license and registration? He, he said, do you have your license and registration? He said, yeah. He comes out the blue, okay, and says, I have to let you know I have, um, I have a, a, a weapon. And all you see after that, he says, all right, don't reach for it. Don't reach for it. Don't you reach for it. Pop, 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 pop. So... Now, I'm just seeing what you guys are seeing, and I'm thinking I'm putting myself in that situation. I'm just putting myself in that situation. If my hands are on, and I'm not saying he, you know, he's the, I mean, he obviously is the victim, but I'm just putting myself in the situation. If my hands are on the wheel and, and, and I tell someone, hey, look, I have a gun, like, I, why would you reach for anything? I don't care what you do. I don't care what you asked me. I don't care what the situation is. If I just told you I have a gun on me, why on earth would I reach anywhere? I mean, I'm, and call in. Let me know. Like, if you think that was a good idea, let me know. If, I, if, I, if, if somebody says, hey, look, I have a gun on me, and, and, and I, you don't see what he actually does in the video. But I'm only I'm only assuming based on the police officer saying, "Don't you reach for?" It. He was reaching for something. So here's the question that has to be asked, and this is the uncomfortable question. But from a legal perspective, you have to ask this question. You cannot talk about this. And you just want to talk emotionally. We can talk emotionally. But if you want to talk legally, you have to ask this question: Was he reaching for the gun? which was on his hip, because we can't see the motion. We don't know what really he was reaching for. Was he reaching for the gun to shoot the police officer with? Or was he just being compliant and reaching for the registration mere seconds after telling him, I have a gun? The unfortunate reality is we will never know for sure. No one will know. No one knows. Is it here, now, here's the question. If we want to talk about this legally, we've got to ask this question. This is the question that determines the legal, uh, reasonable doubt. It, is it possible, and this is what no one wants to talk about, is it hypothetically possible, is there a, a chance that he said he had a gun, is there a chance that he either made a sudden movement to reach for that gun and shoot the police officer, or he made a sudden motion that looked like he was reaching for the gun to shoot the police officer. The question has to be, and this is the question of reasonable doubt, is it possible? And in my opinion, and evidently in the judge's opinion, in the juror's opinion, and should be in everyone's opinion, the answer is yes, that's possible. Is that likely? Maybe, maybe not. But is it possible? Is it possible? Now, they found drugs in, in Philando. 
She was hot. The, uh, the other chick, the girlfriend, looked like she was hot too. You know what I mean? But Selena was definitely hot. So is it possible, being a little jittery, fidgety, I don't know what t- kind of drugs he was on, but he was on drugs. He was high. Is it possible that he made a movement that, you know, made it look like he was reaching for the gun? Yes, that's possible. Let's, you know, let's cut the crap. Yes, it's possible. And if it's possible, then that is unfortunately unfortunate for him and unfortunate for this whole situation, that is what constitutes reasonable doubt. Now, I'm not sure if people understand this, but in any murder trial, okay, and I'm just because I've taken a lot of law courses. There was a time when I was going to be a lawyer. And what people need to understand is when it comes to reasonable doubt in murder cases, if there's reasonable doubt, the jury is legally required to come back with a verdict of not guilty. Jurors can be held in contempt of court if reasonable doubt exists and they still choose to vote guilty. They're legally required to find the the defendant not guilty if it's clear that there's reasonable doubt. And I don't think anyone familiar with this case it really for the sole purpose of we don't know what happened. Now, certain, you know, other cases, other situations where, you, you know, you can actually see what happened clearly. Okay, it's like, whoa, come on. All right, obviously, you know what I mean, you're guilty. Like, you shot him in cold blood. You're guilty. Like, come on. But that's not what happened. We didn't see what happened. No one saw what happened with Trayvon and George Zimmerman. You know, was there reasonable doubt in the Trayvon Martin and George Zimmerman case? Of course there was because no one saw it. It's kind of hard to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt something that happened when nobody saw what happened. You know what I mean? There's no way to know. Now, is that unfortunate? Yes. Is that a miscarriage of justice? No, it's just now, you know, people can say, like, all right, well, I don't like this system. Fine, that's the system, but I don't like this system. I don't feel like we should even use the reasonable doubt system. It's like, oh, let's come up with something different. Let's find a different way to try these people. Okay, okay, cool. We can do that. But based until that happens, if we're talking about a murder case, you, you've got to use the system that's currently in place. And so I'm not, you know, I, I could have been Philando. You know, anybody, I could have, you know, I could have been a lot of these people. So it's not about, oh, let's blame them. It's not about that. It's about, hey, look, how, that's why I, I'm doing this and have been doing this, this ongoing Saving Our Children series, because we need to take a stand and start putting in place, you know, a, a process for educating our youth, not only the, the youth, but just educating black men on how to engage police officers, you know, it, what to do when you are pulled over, what to do when you're approached on the street, how do you act, how do you talk, what, what movements do you make, what don't you make. That could have been avoided very easily. What, what could have happened, what should have happened, you know, Philando's arms or in the steering wheel, hey, officer, he did the right thing, don't get me wrong, he did the right thing by saying, because he had it on him, if that gun was away somewhere, I wouldn't have said nothing. If I get pulled over and my gun is on me, I, don't, I mean, in, in the car but not on me, I don't say a damn thing. 
You know, that's just me. That could be right. That could be wrong. I don't say nothing. I don't tell them because nine times out of ten, I'm I'm gonna be. I mean, I'm gonna be respectful regardless. And they're probably gonna let me off. I haven't gotten a ticket in over ten years, but I've been pulled over dozens of times in ten years and never got one ticket. Why? Because I'm oh yes, officer. Sorry, officer. My bad, officer. I apologize, officer. It won't happen again, officer. And they oh you know what? Go ahead, man. Have a nice night. Not not even just just a warning. Nothing. Not even that. All right, man, just get your taillight fixed. All right, man, be careful next time. Never had any problem. I get pulled over more. I've been pulled over more than most people. Never had a problem, a serious problem. I think I've got, like, one ticket in my whole life, you know, as a result of being pulled over. So what I'm saying, I'm not saying nothing about a gun. Because it's not, I, know, I know in my mind it's not even going to come to that because I know how I'm going to carry myself. So, I mean, I'm not going to say he was right for, telling, for mentioning the gun or, or wrong. That's what he chose to do. I mean, technically you are supposed to, to re, let the cop know, you know what I'm saying? But that escalated the situation. And my, what I would have done if it would have been me, if I chose to reveal that I had it on me, officer, I do have a gun. I just want to let you know, I'm not going to reach for it. I'm going to leave my hands right here, but I did want to let you know, I do have a gun on my person. Um, I know you did ask me for the registration. The registration is in my glove box. You know, is it okay if I reach for it? Or, you know, could you just, if you don't mind, would you mind coming around and you reach for it because I don't really feel comfortable reaching after having let you know that I do have his weapon on me. I don't want there to be any misunderstanding. So, if it's all the same to you, I would rather not reach for anything at this point and just to, you know, make sure there's no problems. And, and a police officer is probably going to take that, um, you know, they're going to be happy about that because they want to go home to their family just like you want to go home to your family. You know what I'm saying? I would rather err on the side of caution. Is, was it an unfortunate situation that could have been avoided, should have been avoided? Absolutely. You know, I've had conversations with black cops who one one cop in particular told me he was like, Wow, man, you know, I could have I could have and probably should have shot this one kid who had a gun and I think he was saying he was struggling and he was trying to go for the gun, but he said that he was able to restrain him without firing his weapon. But he said he was like I could have he said I would have been I would have had every right based on police protocol to discharge my weapon in that situation. Because not only did he have a weapon, he reached for the weapon in an aggressive manner. And he said, he even said he feared for his life. He fought for his life, but he just happened to restrain him without having to use deadly force, but, which is great. Now, one of the things that I have the issue with is, is when people use the comparison of black people who have been uh, killed versus white people in similar situations who were not killed. I, I think that's the stupidest comparison to make because it's like, what are you saying? Are you saying that you wish that white cop would have shot that white person? Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, what, do, what exactly are you saying? You know, I, I think if someone is able to use restraint and not take a life, I commend that person. You know, if if they find themselves in a situation where they need to use deadly force, that's a decision that they have to make for themselves. 
you know, and now there will be consequences. I'm, but see, for me, it's not about, you know what I'm saying, like trying to figure out what's going on in their mind. My goal is to protect myself and to get home to my family and to educate as many, any, as many people as possible on how to get home to their families. I'm not trying to psychoanalyze. I counsel women for a living during the day. I don't need to analyze these cops at night. That's the last thing I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get home. So I have to plan, like, okay, you might be crazy. You might be racist. You might be overly aggressive. You might be trigger happy. So uh, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to carry myself. And I think that would be a better use of time and energy than to complain and complain and complain about what these cops are doing. We know this is America. We know this is a racist country. We know the system is stacked against us. We know there is an agenda to put as many black men in the grave or in jail as possible. So, you know, I, I feel like, you know what, let's just do what we can do. Um, is, this a, is this a tragedy? Absolutely. You know, one thing I said online was I said complaining to social media about how racist and corrupt the system is, will not make it any less racist or corrupt. I mean, come on. Well, we, we know it's we know America is racist. You know, we know the government is racist. You know, in every year except the years when Obama was in office, we know that. You know what I mean? That's the funniest thing. People are like, oh my gosh, no, Obama wasn't. You know, what I'm saying? He, nah, he's a good president. No, nah, no, nah, the government, no, nah, the government was great. The government was great. What you look like, huh? The government has never been great. The government has never not been racist. The government, the government has never not been corrupt. We've never not had a corrupt president. You know, it's impossible to be the leader of a corrupt organization without being corrupt yourself. You guys know that, right? And if you watch Netflix, you'll really understand that. It's, it's kind of impossible. You know what I mean? But the deals you make, handshakes, the late nights at Bohemian Grove worshiping something you have no business worshiping. That that's where the decisions are made. So you know. There was also a a settlement uh made to the family of Mike Brown. I think it was one point five million dollars um by the city of Ferguson. Um yeah, some people have said how how I feel about that. Uh I mean you know, I, I don't, you know, I, I said a lot about the Mike Brown tragedy, um, you know, when it happened. I talked about the verdict, talked about the riots. Um, so I don't have a lot of new information. To say. I mean, I think it's good that his family will be compensated for the for the uh, the heartbreak that they're dealing with. Um, but do I think that the city was responsible you know, for his death, do I feel like the, the police department is responsible? No, I mean, if you look at the what happens is same thing. If you have a struggle with the police officer, you know what I mean, and you and you decide that you you know you're a tall individual, six two, six three, however tall he was, and you're charging at a police officer in an aggressive manner, you're you know fighting this police officer. Um, it's crazy to think that a police officer is going to actually fight you versus shoot you. That's just not, you know what I mean? That's not how it works. And forensic evidence showed that he was shot in the, the top of his head, meaning, you know, he his head was down. He was charging at the police officer, and he, that's when he shot him. That's how he shot him. 
So, again, unfortunate situation, but there's just certain things you, you cannot do and expect them to work out in your favor. Um, and I think that's the, you know, that is the dilemma, the conflict, the disconnect that we often face with these tragedies, you know, versus, wow, this, is a, this hurts, another black man is shot, versus looking at the actual specifics of each case. That's what I do. I don't just say, oh, you know, another black man is shot. But you can't put every black man in the same category because every one of these shootings is different. Philando was different from Alton Sterling. Alton Sterling was different from Trayvon. Trayvon was different from Mike Brown. There's no, none of these situations were remotely similar. But yet when the media talks about it and they group them all together, it's like, why? These are individual cases that have absolutely nothing to do with each other. So we have to think about that. And, and also I think it's important to be said that it, the media wants you to think that these shootings are so frequent, right? They want you to think it's like, oh, my gosh, all of these black men are being shot and killed, when that's just not the case. You know what I mean? If you want to look at some numbers, and I think I'm using the numbers off of 2016, but I think there were out of like all the shootings, you know, of all the like all the shootings, all the thousands and thousands and thousands of shootings. I think it was only like 500 were police were police shootings, police actually shooting people, and I think it was even a smaller percentage of that was was actual black men. So it's like. In com- compared to all of the shootings in the country, the, you know, the percentage of police shooting black men is, is a small fraction of that. that and, again, that, that no, it should be – hopefully it would be no number, but it's a, it, you can't deny that it's, it's actually a very small number. Now, again, media want, will hype it up, like, oh, my gosh, it's all these people. It's all, but that's, again, that goes with their plan of inciting a race war. You know, look how little time we've spent over the last several years talking about the role of the government and the role of the shadow government that exists in this country, the real power players. Look how little time the media spends on those things and how much time we spent on race. Race, these race issues, racial issues, are one of the biggest distractions. Why? Because it it makes it about black versus white instead of the real problem in this country, which is powerful versus non-powerful, rich versus poor. That's the real problem. That's the real conflict. And I think we have to start looking at the real issues. If somebody's rich and powerful, guess what? It doesn't matter what their color is. You know what I'm saying? Race is really only an issue when you're talking about poverty. When you're talking about the less powerful, you know, let me get let let look at Jay Z. You know, when you're a billionaire, when you're rich and you can sit at the table and actually have the power to dictate certain things, it's not a lot of talk about race. And, you know what I'm saying? We got to start. Look what Martin Luther King was when he was really killed. He was killed when he started talking about the power structure in this country, the not race. 
he was he was making speeches all over the country when it was just about race. They didn't put a bullet in him until he started talking about power. Yeah. Speaking of which, power, this hit, you know, the popular uh, stars drama came on last night. I mean, you know, I, I, I watched the show. I've watched all the seasons of it. One of the things I'll, I'll say about power as far as entertainment news goes is, you know, power is is, is very inter- It's very entertaining. It's a very entertaining show. Um, but one of the things I found interesting is that I've heard so many black women pissed off talking about how they hate Angela, right? I don't, she's not even white. She's Puerto Rican, you know, but... A lot. Of, she she don't look Puerto Rican, you know, to a lot of women. So she poor, she's white. <laughs> you know what I mean? I get kind of like George Zimmer. Nah, he nah, he white. He he, just, he don't look Puerto Rican. He don't look Hispanic. Nah, or Mexican. He that boy. He's white. It's a white versus black issue. That's <laughs> people don't even care nowadays. But um, yeah, she's not a white woman. She's actually, I believe, on the show Puerto in real life Puerto Rican. Um, but that's the issue. Is that people. They, they they see a lot of themselves in many cases in Tasha versus Angela. How many women have been cheated on, done dirty by their husband, by their boo, by their you know bae, you know by it had a, it, with a side chick like Angela, pretty, you know Becky with the good hair, right? You know how many of y'all heard my special on Becky with the good hair where I talked about how to not how to avoid your man. Creeping with Becky with the good hair. Check it out if you missed it. But that's the real issue. Everyone, oh my God, I, I can't stand Angela. I can't stand her. People hated her then. If they hated her then, oh man, they definitely hate her now. Well, I'll tell you. But you know, it's a good show. I mean, you know, it's, it is what it is. It's an interesting show. It's an entertaining show. Um, it's a real show. It's probably one of the realer shows. Like if you if you look at realness as far as what goes on in the streets, what the drug game is like, violence. I mean, that's one of the more real shows that I've ever seen, Power. Um, But it's funny, just as real. Just as real as Power is, House of Cards is just as real. You look at, you know, you got your street gangsters in Power, you got your Wall Street gangsters, you know what I'm saying, your government gangsters in, uh, in House of Cards. You know, just two to- and I love them both. I'm not even going to lie to you. I love them both. Both are two of my favorite shows. To be honest with you, House of Cards is better. But, you know, I enjoy both of them. Um, speaking of uh, movies, uh, the Tupac movie came out, and I believe it made around $30 million opening weekend. You know, one of the things that I, I have an issue with, and I've talked about this, you know, before, you know, I have a problem with, you know, movies like All Eyes on Me, Straight out of Compton, uh, you know, Notorious, the Medea movies. I mean, it's like we as a community will support, you know, biopics about people who ultimately represented neg- negativity. You know what I'm saying? Tupac was a negative person. NWA were, were negative people. Um, Biggie was not a positive person. We're talking about raping kids. You know, I mean, it's just not, these are not positive people. And as much as the world tries to make Tupac into this, you know, this this social activist, 
this revolutionary person. I mean, at the end, and here's the most ironic thing. The most ironic thing of it is that they didn't even try to do that with with the movie. They basically portrayed Tupac for how he really was. There was none of that social activism and giving the speeches and this and that. They didn't even put that in the film. That's the funniest thing. I'm glad they didn't because that's not really what message he put forth the loudest. What he put forth most was, and I, I said, I know it all about Tupac. Like, people try to tell me who are young, 10 years younger than me, oh, no, Tupac, come on. I, you know, that, I, I grew up listening to Biggie. The way I listen to Biggie and Tupac is the same way people listen to Chris Brown and whoever else is popular today. Like, I was, you know, a teenager, you know, listening to rap music. Like, they were the two most popular people when I was, you know, at the peak of right in my middle of my team. So, you know, no one knows more than me regarding or experienced it more at that time than myself. A lot of people have gone back and researched and listened, but I lived it. And the reality was, one, Tupac wasn't viewed by anyone at that time as this revolutionary person. He came out with I Get Around and, you know, all this other stuff. You know, thug life, that, that's what was projected forth at that time. Now, after his death, all of this footage began popping up, different music began popping up, and all this other different stuff, this this, this movement, um, you know, came out after. But what people don't understand is you don't sell that many records. You don't gain that level of popularity and notoriety by projecting, as a black man, as a black entertainer, projecting a positive message. It's never happened. Okay? Tupac was a thug. That's the image that he projected forth when he was alive. Okay? That's a fact. Anyone who is my age or grew up listening to him, you know, that, you know that. All this other stuff that we're seeing and hearing about Tupac came after he died. Okay? When he was alive, he, you know, like I said, he was a woman. He projected an image. It was the, the whole thing about the rape case. That was like what dominated the headlines for years, the whole rape situation, the guns, the gang affiliations. Um, you know, he was making the movies where he played the thug. He was in Jews. He was in Above the Rim. That is the imagery that Tupac projected when he was alive. All this other stuff is all marketing. It's all marketing. Anyone who says differently that was not either was not alive at that time, you know what I'm saying, or is just a Tupac fan and refuses to understand what he really represented. But that's not to say you can't be a Tupac fan because, again, some of his music was positive. But as far as the image, it's kind of like, that's like saying, um, you know, if Nicki Minaj makes a socially conscious song tomorrow and it goes, blows up and she gets hit by a car the next day. Was she a socially conscious person? Was that the type of image that she projected for us? No. She projected a freak, a hoe. You know what I mean? Like, that's what she represents. Beyonce, same thing. You look at the vast majority of her music, she's talking about sex, she's dancing, stripping down, butt naked, and showing off different things. That's the image that she projects. That doesn't mean all of every single song she's ever made is like that. But overall, the image that she projects is sex. The image that Tupac put forth was being a thug. 
And and that's important to understand. Now, as far as the movie goes, I thought the movie was very well done. I thought it was excellent. It wasn't the best biopic I've ever seen, but I think it was very well done. I thought um, uh, the actors and actresses did a very good job of portraying that, you know, playing their roles. Um, the directing was good. The story, I thought it flowed. I liked, um, you know, how it just covered, you know, his early life throughout the, his midlife and up until the point when he was killed. I, I liked, uh, they didn't go into too much detail in any particular area, which I didn't mind. I didn't mind at all. I thought that I liked the way they did it from a writing standpoint. Um, so, I mean, you know, I, like I said, it, it was what it was. Like, I don't, I'm not even one of those people that says, well, we shouldn't make movies like that. You know, if you're an, I, I wouldn't, I'm an author. So I would never tell anyone else what to write or how to tell a story or what to tell a story about. Cause I wouldn't want someone to do that to me. If I have a story, I'm going to tell it. Um, so, but as far as, um, so, so I have no problem with that. I think I'm glad they made a Tupac movie. I'm glad they made a Biggie movie. I'm glad they made a straight out of Compton movie. You know, I hope, I hope they make more Darth, Dorothy Dandridge, um, Frankie Lyman. I mean, black biopics are some of my favorite movies. Red Tails, I love it. Tuskegee Airmen. Uh, I mean, you know, Miles Davis. Um, you know, uh, uh, Nina Simone. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love just watching movies about black entertainers. There's no problem with that whatsoever. We need more of it. My issue, community, and what we choose to support. My issue is with the discrepancy between movies like Straight Outta Compton, which will go on to make $100 million, $150 million worldwide, versus Red Tails, which barely, probably didn't even do $50 million worldwide. You know, Muhammad Ali, Malcolm X. These are movies that were not, even Ray Charles, you know, was not, these were not commercial successes. You know what I'm saying? Medea you know, will make more money than a movie about Miles Davis. You know what I'm saying? Or, yeah, there's a new movie, Chadwick Boseman is coming out. He's portraying uh, Thurgood Marshall. He played uh, Jackie Robinson. And so he, play, he played James Brown. My issue is that these movies, these are good movies. These are important movies. The Thurgood, I'll predict it now, the Thurgood Marshall movie, when it comes out, will not make as much money as Straight Outta Compton did opening weekend, and it won't even make as much money as Tupac did opening weekend. That is the problem. How does a movie about Tupac or niggas with attitudes make more money than a movie about Jackie Robinson and Thurgood Marshall combined? Listen to what I'm saying to you. The Thurgood Marshall movie, and, oh, I mean, even Birth of a Nation. How the heck do more people go see the Tupac movie than they do the Birth of a Nation movie? And Birth of a Nation was an excellent film. It was an Oscar-worthy film. And, and, and we, as a community, did not support it. So, but, like I said, so the movie, my issue was not with the movie, but, like I said, with the, the way that we choose to support some of these films. I just, I think we should, I cannot, it's sad, you know, I, I can't say what we, what you should be passionate about or, you know, what somebody else should be, but I would hope that we, as a community, 
would would have more passion about film projects that show our history, whether that's entertainment, you know, hip-hop, social activism, po- politics, um, slavery, whatever it is, it's our history. Our, we, our history is rich. Our history is deep. I would think that we would have more interest in, in, in people that came before us, you know. Uh, the BET Awards, um, I'm going to discuss them probably the next time I'm live. I didn't watch them. My wife and I were watching. Um, I don't even remember what we were watching. I know we watched Power, and I think we had to finish a movie that we were watching from over the weekend before the rental ran out. <laughs> Y'all know how that goes. I'm not paying another five ninety nine, but uh, we so we were watching something. But I'll check out the BET Awards at some point, and. Um, in the meantime, you guys can go and listen to some of my past uh, BET Awards specials. I do an annual BET post-BET Awards recap special, as you guys have been following over the last several years. So, um, you know, so check that out. And I have a, you know, I'm sure I have a lot to say about it. I mean, it's not too much. I'm sure. I mean, you know, we'll see. You know, I always find different things to discuss uh, regarding these award show specials, whether it's the Oscars, the Grammys. BET Awards, MTV Awards, whatever. So we'll see. But I'm going to get ready to wrap it up. Uh, thank you all for listening in today. And, um, you know, I'm still doing my uh, summer special. If you guys want to do uh, relationship coaching, uh, any type of uh, marriage counseling, uh, pre-marital, whatever, anything you need, feel free to give me a call, 855-55-DATON. You can shoot me an email, uh, askdaton at Gmail. And um, that's it, man. I will talk to you all later on. I appreciate you all for listening. Anymore, this bro.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.